I felt a lot of pressure out of high school to find a secure job. That's something that you hear a lot uh, when you're graduating and you're looking at, at um, paths for your future. It's always uh, finding a, a, a job that's secure and something where you can graduate and get a job. So they were also passionate about what they were doing. And, you know, the professors were passionate having worked many, many years. And these peers of mine were so passionate about it. And I just wasn't feeling the same way. Welcome to Made It Happen podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Hafling. Made It Happen is a podcast series highlighting female founders who took a chance and launched their own business. Through interviews with female entrepreneurs, Made It Happen is dedicated to inspiring others through stories of those who have experienced going out on their own firsthand, discussing all the highs and the lows. It can be easy to see the glamorous side of starting your own business through the internet and social media, but what does it really take behind the scenes to launch and run your own successful business? Hear how these inspiring female founders made it happen. Thank you so much for joining me here today. And I'm so excited to hear about your journey as an entrepreneur and your business. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you for having me today. Yes, of course. So how about we start off with having you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Sure. So uh, my name's Ava Drosky. And I'm from Windsor, Ontario, born and raised from Windsor, Ontario. And I'm a University of Windsor graduate. I hold a Bachelor of Arts in Music. And upon graduation, I moved to Toronto and uh, with my fiance. And we lived there for a couple years. And I was teaching at two music schools out there. One was in Vaughan. The other was in Leslieville, a little bit more in the city. And uh, upon moving back to Windsor, I opened my own music school, Featherstone Music and Performing Arts Company, and I opened that in September 2019. And I'm also a fiction author, and my debut novel um, launched this month. Wow, that's that's so exciting. And so I'm, you know, I can't wait to sort of dive more into all of that. So yeah, I guess to start off, do you want to tell us a little bit about what attracted you to the music industry? And you know, you went to school for that sort of what how you first got into the industry as a whole? Definitely. Um, actually, from out of high school, I, I didn't go into music, it was, I went into nursing. And I felt a lot of, I've been I've been telling this story a lot recently. I felt a lot of pressure out of high school to find a secure job. That's something that you hear a lot uh, when you're graduating and you're looking at, at um, paths for your future. It's always uh, finding a, a, a job that's secure and something where you can graduate and get a job. So for me, I knew I wanted to help people. So I, I went into nursing. I thought, okay, I want to help people. Then nursing is what I should be doing. And so I, I did the collaborative program at St. Clair College and the university. So it was the first two years at St. Clair and you complete the, the final two years at the University of Windsor. So I started at St. Clair and the program was amazing. I loved it. I met some friends that I still, I'm still friends with today and they're working nurses today and some amazing professionals with the professors. And they, they were also passionate about what they were doing. And, you know, the professors were passionate having worked many, many years and these peers of mine were so passionate about it. And I just wasn't feeling the same way. And I, I felt that was unfair to be there amongst so many people that 
again, I, I keep using the word passionate, but they, they just were, they were, it was amazing to see. And, and I wasn't feeling that. And it was, it was unfair to me and it was unfair to them as well that I was there. And I made that difficult decision to, to just discontinue with the program and, and go into what I always wanted to do. I wanted to go into the arts and I wanted to study music. And, and the, the, the push for me was I was, we were doing a clinical placement at a retirement home. And I was with, my, we were in a small clinical group and my professor, she knew that I, I played the piano and I was teaching at that time on weekends. Um, I was living with my parents and I was teaching at their house on weekends. So, and she knew that, and there was a beautiful piano in the lobby of this retirement home, beautiful grand piano. And she said, you should hop on, you know, when the residents are out there and, and play some tunes. And so there was a day where there was a few family members visiting with their loved ones and I hopped on the piano and I played a couple tunes and they were so happy and, and tapping along and clapping and singing. And, you know, here I am, I'm in my, my scrubs for, cause I was there to, you know, to learn and I was just a student and, and they loved it. And the family members were approaching me after, and I had never felt so, um, I guess, happy about what I was doing. And, and that's when I realized that I, this is what I needed to be doing. And this is how I could help people. And this was, I was just confused then, you know, you think helping people and you hear about job security and any career going into the arts is met with a lot of negativity. You hear about, you know, people when you say, oh, I want to open a music school or I want to study piano. I want to write a book. And a lot of people will react with, oh yeah, that's nice. You know, it gets a lot of negative reaction. And um, so, but that was the push for me that I, this was what I needed to be doing. I never felt more happy and more myself doing that. So that was the, the push. And I, I chose that year to, to apply to the university and to apply for my BA. And, and that's kind of where this all, where this all started. And I knew starting the, the music program at the university, my end goal was to open my own studio. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to run my own business. I wanted to gain a lot of experience first but I, I definitely wanted to open my own, my own school. Wow. I, I absolutely love that story. And I think that so many people can relate to that, especially, you know, going through school. And if you're not too sure sort of what path you want to take, or like you said, you just, you felt like there was pressure to go one way, but you, you weren't passionate about it. And I guess, do you have any advice for someone who maybe is sort of feeling that lost way right now and, you know, sort of unsure during those times and just, you know, uh, any sort of advice you'd give to them? Absolutely. I um, actually, what I did as well after um, choosing to to make the switch, I took a year off. And uh, one of the reasons being was I, I missed the deadline for the application for you know going into um, the arts. But it actually ended up being one of the best things for me. And another thing that you hear as well is if you take a year off, you won't go back to school. You won't go back. And for me, it was actually quite the opposite. I needed that year just to figure out what I wanted to do and what, what I was passionate about and what, what I wanted my future to look like. So, you know, I, I feel like take, there's nothing wrong with, with giving yourself that time to really decide what you want to do and to find yourself. So, you know, perhaps taking some time off doesn't even have to be quite a year, but a few months just to, just to think about what you want to do and, and what, what your future should look like and according to you. So definitely, you know, taking some time and, and just doing something that you're really 
passionate about. And if you feel like you're, you're being drawn somewhere else, you're being compelled in a different direction, always listen to that and, and follow that. Yes, absolutely. I think that's such a great piece of advice and something that, you know, especially right now, a lot of people could be going through. So I think taking that time is is so important. And you mentioned too, when you were in school, you knew right away that when you graduated, you wanted to start your own business and, and open that up. And so what was it that really drew you to there and sort of, you know, you knew you wanted to start your business as opposed to sort of working for someone else? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I guess I always just had ideas and visions for the type of of teacher I wanted to be, type of music teacher. And I had been doing it for so long. I started teaching, I think I was about 15. So I started teaching private piano and, and singing lessons. So I I had this idea of of how the type of teacher I wanted to be and the type of lesson programs I wanted to run. And the only way to do that was to was to open my own place and do things my way and to um, really just be in control. So, so that was, yeah, for me, that was a, and it all comes down to the the nature of my business being music lessons is, uh, is a a lot of it is, is teaching. And I'm actually, you know, I, I not only own the business, but I do all the teaching as well. So, uh, so that's, that was definitely a, a deciding factor for me, just the, the type of teacher I wanted to be and knowing that and just being able to, to have these visions, um, happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. Def- that definitely makes sense. And especially, you know, when you have that vision and you know what you wanted to do, then that, that definitely makes sense that, you know, you want to go that route. And I'm very curious to hear too, um, sort of about the naming your business and sort of the story behind the name of your company. Yes. I'm so glad you asked that actually, because it's um, obviously Featherstone is not my last name. Um, it's, it's my grandmother's maiden name. Um, I called her my Nana and she was from England and she was an English war bride. So she met a Canadian soldier during the war and she came over to England. She fell in love. She came over to Canada, uh, after the war and she was a singer. So in England, uh, she and her sister, she had four sisters and they would sing in pubs and on the street just to kind of collect some extra money. Um, to provide for their family. And uh, she was a, a beautiful vocalist. And she passed her talents on to my mother, who's a, a singer, and and then uh, down to me. So I wanted to to remember her. She, she passed from Alzheimer's a few years ago. And uh, music was one of those things that she never forgot. And she it never left her mind, which I always thought was quite amazing. Because my mom and I would go and visit her. And in her last few years, she, she could not speak at all. Um, she couldn't feed herself. Um, so everything had to be done for her. And every time we would go in and play music for her. So I would bring my little iPod dock and plug it in and we would play anything. It'd be classical music. Um, what was popular on the radio at that time. And she would always smile and she would tap along to the music and, or, you know, tap her foot. And it was always on beat, which I always thought was interesting. And, you know, and she, it was, something was registering in in her mind that she was listening to music. She was tapping along, she was smiling and she was looking at us. So even if, you know, she didn't quite remember who we were, she was, the, the music was registering with her. And I just wanted to remember my Nana that way and remember her for her talents and, and have her remembered through music and through through song. So 
I have a picture of her at the studio. It's hung in the studio. And uh, so I just wanted to, to honor her that way. Mm-hmm. That's, that's such a beautiful story. And thank you for sharing. Um, I, I am sorry to hear that, but I think that's such a you know beautiful way to really remember her. So I really love that, you know, that was incorporated in, into your business. So mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. And you mentioned before too, you know, you got out of school, you wanted to gain some experience and then start up your own business. What has sort of been the biggest obstacle or challenge you really had to overcome with actually starting your business or something that, you know, maybe you weren't really expecting that you'd like to share? Uh, well, definitely COVID is, uh, is something that, again, being so new, I, I just opened in September 2019. And I was not even open six months when all of this started happening. So, you know, when you start your business, I'm sure any business owner feels the same way. When you start, you just feel on top of the world and you have all these ideas and, and it's finally happening. And it's, and then it just in March last year, just the rug was just, you know, pulled out from beneath me. And I was at that point where I was really growing and I was, I was at a really good place and, and, uh, and then it just suddenly just all collapsed. So that then was the obstacle, the biggest obstacle that I had, um, encountered and it still is today. It's, you know, we're still not quite out of this situation yet. And, um, so it's still an obstacle that, you know, many, many business owners are, are working through right now. So that was definitely the biggest obstacle, I think uh, any business owner, um, whether they've been in the business, own their businesses for many years or they're brand new like me, it was definitely difficult to, to deal with, uh, last year when that happened. Yes, absolutely. I, I definitely agree. You know, I think a lot of businesses are, are, are going through a lot and especially, like you said, being so new and then that happening. And do you want to talk a little bit about, um, sort of, you know, the pivots you've had to make, um, due to the situation and, you know, sort of now how it's going and sort of for the future of it? Yes. Well, the, the, the actual effect of the pandemic for Featherstone was, it, it was, it was hard because it, it, it changes your priorities a little bit, um, in regards to your business, because now you have to, and with the nature of my business with, you know, teaching lessons, and I'm lucky that we were able to move online and accommodate that way. But then when it comes to growth and expansion, it's, it's, it was kind of sitting, I had to sit down and just think what was the main priority and it, it it was just sort of maintaining at that time. So it's just trying to keep all of my current students and their families comfortable and accommodated in the best way. And, you know, teaching these online lessons and working with them with their different situations at home, because now, you, you know, you have parents working from home and you have siblings that are home as well. So it was just trying to work with everybody and make everyone as comfortable as possible and maintain um, some sense of normalcy uh, in, in the students' schedules. And, um, so that was the biggest thing that I kind of had to really sit down and rework and reevaluate. So the main priority became maintaining and just sustaining rather than trying to promote and market and, and bring in more business. It was just kind of keeping what I had and, and keeping everyone comfortable. Mm-hmm. That that definitely makes sense. And I mean, especially right now, I think that's sort of all anyone can really ask for is just trying to, you know, get get through this and, um, you know, come out on the other side. And so I guess on the other side of that, too, I know it's definitely been different through this past year, but sort of what has been your favorite thing about owning your own studio and teaching music there? 
Um, so my favorite thing is definitely the students. And again, this is all just in, it's in relation to the nature of my business with teaching. And my favorite thing is, is seeing how much the students enjoy their lessons and knowing that all of the behind the scenes work and all the hard work that I put into it that, you know, the students don't see, the parents don't see, uh, and seeing how it, it affects the, the students, their, their lessons, and they come to their lessons with a smile on their face and they prepare their pieces for the concert. We did a virtual concert this year, Christmas concert, and seeing all of my planning and all of my hard work and, uh, and all that go into it, but seeing the effect of that and seeing how, how much the students love coming to their lessons. And that's just the, the best feeling. So for me, Again, just relative to the nature of my my business, it's definitely the students is uh, and just seeing how much they they enjoy it, and that just makes it all worth it. Mm-hmm. I, I absolutely love that, and I mean, I can definitely see sort of you know why that would be your favorite part. And um, I love too that you know you mentioned that there's a lot that goes behind on behind the scenes of running a business that I think a lot of people don't see, and so it's great to see when you sort of hear about those stories and you know all the work that really does go into it. So. Thank you for sharing that. And you also mentioned at the beginning to you as well about um, publishing your first novel. Would you like to tell us a little bit about this and, you know, what really prompted you to write this novel? Sure. Um, so I, I actually started writing this when I took that year off from uh, between nursing and starting my, uh, my BA. So writing for me was always like practicing my instrument, practicing piano. I just loved doing it. And I would always just write these little short stories or things on my laptop. And I just loved doing it. And so when I was, when I took that year off, I, I was in a a precarious place. I, I was still feeling very uncertain about what my future was going to look like. And I started questioning myself about if I made the right decision, then maybe I should go back into nursing or maybe I should rethink what I'm doing. And I was, uh, I was still feeling very uncertain and I, I started writing this story and a lot of net, when I went back and actually did my rewrite for this book, when I finished it last year, I started noticing, I think this was perhaps unintentional at the time, but uh, a few of the characters I was writing in their reactions to certain things. um, And it was almost like reflecting this time of my life. And, and again, I, it was, I think it was probably unintentional. I, I, and it was, it, it was a reflection of, of me going through this and feeling almost uh, guilty. I was feeling a sense of guilt of, you know, switching these programs. And uh, so it was during that time I started writing. And the book is about, uh, we have these two characters that are, they meet in uncer- on unfortunate circumstances. And they're both trying to cope with um, some, some grief and guilt again. And it's just following their emotional journey. It's a psychological fiction. It's their emotional journey, just how they are coping and trying to deal with these uh, different situations and how their stories connect in a way. They're very different, but they connect. And I tried to touch on themes as well of social media today and in our society and how this idea of privacy is, is, can be lost and so, you know, when it comes to, in the book, there's one character in particular who she's a more direct example of social media and 
these types of things. She's a social media queen in the book. And, uh, but then the other characters is a little bit more indirect, but the, the metaphor is there of how you're always curious about people. And it's so easy just with the tap of your thumb to figure out what people are doing or, and, uh, and it's just so easy. And, and sometimes that curiosity gets the better of you. So even if you're not the type of person that's on social media every day and posting every day, and like me, I don't post every single day, but I'm on Facebook and Instagram every day. I'm looking at it. And that's just kind of what I was trying to explore. You can't really get away from it nowadays. So it's always that curiosity is always there of what people are up to and what people are posting. So there's themes of that uh, explored in the novel. Wow, that, that sounds so interesting. And I mean, I can't wait to read it. I think that it definitely sounds, you know, very relevant to what goes on in today's world. And I love sort of, you know, like you said, the metaphors that you really put in for the different aspects of it. And do you want to tell us a bit about, you know, when you when you were writing this book, and then what made you decide that you wanted to publish it and sort of the process through that as well? Absolutely. So I it took me about 10 years to write this book. I, so I, I, I had mentioned, I started it when I took that break between nursing and going into music. And I always thought that it was just a hobby and it was just, I, I was writing because I enjoyed it. Like I had mentioned before. So I thought when I started the, the music program that I would not really return to it, or if I did, it would just be here and there, just putting some words down and but I, I kept returning to it. And every time I found a free second, I would go to my laptop, I'd open it up and I'd, I'd write. And I just couldn't stop thinking about these characters and this story. And um, I, I was writing probably less than part-time, I would say, between then and just up till last year. Uh, and then I finished it and I had this novel on my laptop. And I said to my fiance, i I wrote a novel. <laughs> so he was kind of, oh, okay, well, what are you going to do with it? Are we just going to leave it on your laptop? Or, And I said to him, I really don't know. I, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even think I was just doing this because I enjoyed doing it. But now I actually like it is, I do have a novel on my, on my laptop. So maybe, maybe people will like it, you know, maybe I should show it to some people. And so I did send it to a couple friends and they read it and they told me, you know, they, they enjoyed it. And so, so then I started exploring some different um, publishing routes and I was doing some workshops. I attended some workshops with uh, Lynn McLaughlin and Melissa Lyons, um, their authors, local authors here in Windsor. And they were um, a huge help, huge inspiration as well to, to just get it out there and just to go for it. But I'm so happy that I, I took the leap and, and did it because I worked very hard on it. And like I said, I was working on it part-time, but then once, you know, I, I decided to publish, I went back and I, I did my rewrite. So I went and I, I rewrote it. I added things and, and did some pretty extensive editing. So it's, it was a lot of hard work and I'm glad that I, I decided to publish it and that it's, it's actually getting out there. So it's not just on a USB. <laughs> Yeah. So, that, I mean, that's definitely so exciting and congratulations. I, I can't wait for it to come out. And um, you mentioned a great point, you know, that you did have that fear of publishing it and, you know, you said you still have that, um, but you, you did go for it and now like you're, you're excited for that. And so what advice would you have for someone who maybe is stuck in that fear zone right now, you know, and, you know, not, not too sure if they should go for it. Yeah, I would just say, go, just do it. And, you know, always seek advice. And even for when I opened Featherstone as well, I had the same type of feeling. I, I was scared and 
I didn't know if I knew, was doing it correctly. And, you know, you always have these kinds of questions. You're always questioning yourself and, but that's okay. It's okay to feel that way. It's normal. And, and, you know, if you, if you have a book, if you've written a book and, or you want to write a book, um, it's, it's best to, to seek advice as well and try and find people you can connect with who can give you advice and, um, and you don't necessarily have to follow exactly their path, but they can give you advice and, and then you can take that and, and, and form your own pathway and, and, um, and really just take that, take that leap and go for it. Mm-hmm, definitely. I, I think it's a great piece of advice and especially sort of, you know, having those, those people you can go to and even like sort of mentors that you can get advice from. Um, and I'd, I'd love to talk about too, you know, owning your own business and writing your own novel, sort of about managing your time and sort of how you go about doing that and finding that balance and any, you know, advice or tips you'd have for anyone else as well. Yeah, that's a good question as well. I, it's, again, it was a lot of hard work and I, I tried to split my time where I would do a lot of my writing in the morning and then a lot of my admin office work for Featherstone in the early afternoon. And then I would be teaching more after school hours. So three until seven, eight o'clock at night. Um, so my teaching would be in the evening and then that's how I would split my day and just try to manage my, my day that way. So it's working morning into the evening, but there was uh, a couple of weeks where I, I was pretty heavy into the editing process and this was like leading up to the publishing and uh, there was a lot of work that needed to be done. I had to go over the drafts and I was waking up early and writing and then doing my admin and then teaching and then coming home and eating quick dinner and then writing and editing from 8 PM until 1 AM and then up early the next day doing the same thing. So there was weeks where I was doing that and that I, to try and balance it out the, the following weekend or the following week, I took a break altogether from writing and just focused that particular week on just, just Featherstone, just working on Featherstone stuff and, and teaching and uh, doing all my admin because you need that balance. And I didn't want to burn myself out. And so, you know, there was a lot of work that needed to be done. So I did it and I, I put in all of that, all of that hard work and waking up early and then staying up late, but then also finding that balance and putting myself first, because essentially this is, um, you know, my business is my top priority. Um, my students are my top my priority and any work, any writing that I put out there, I want it to be the best possible, the, the best thing that I can produce. And I can't do that if I'm running on empty. And so I have to make sure that I take care of myself and and I, you know, that's what I was telling myself when I was pulling these, you know, late nights and early mornings, like next week, you just need to relax, you need to cool it and just take care of yourself and do some self-care and then recharge and then ready to just uh, really tackle it again. So it's very, very important to time manage well and put yourself first because you won't have results if you're, if you're burnt out. Yes, definitely. I mean, I I definitely agree. And I think that's so true. And especially for business owners in general, I think taking that break and like, and especially burnout right now is such a huge topic. Um, And I think a lot of people are feeling it. So taking that time to yourself and, you know, giving yourself that break, I think is so important. So, you know, I think it's great advice. And, you know, good. It's nice to sort of hear the process of that for yourself. And with that too, I think publishing your first novel is a huge accomplishment. Has there been any other sort of really big success moments, even through your business, throughout your journey so far you'd like to share? 
Um, so yeah, definitely publishing has been a huge thing. And with Featherstone, I think the, the big success has just been, um, staying strong during this pandemic and staying open and staying there from all of my students, all of the families of, of my students and, and just trying to just, yeah, maintain and sustain and still grow, which is great. So now that we're back in studio lessons now I'm able to to reach more families and and bring in some new enrollments so that's for me that's just been the success is is just being able to um to persevere through this pandemic and uh and just still stay strong and keep my business um strong and keep it going so it's always uh definitely up to just be willing to always fight for your business I think that's the biggest piece of advice I can give is just you just always have to be prepared to, to fight no matter what the scenario is. So whatever happens, you just have to always have your armor on and be prepared to fight for your business and just, and, and be there for it. Yes, definitely. Well, and I, I think that is a huge success moment. Um, and it's also great that, you know, you were still able to carry that out through all of this, especially for the students. I think that's probably a great, you know, sense of normalcy and sort of an outlet that they could still have. So I think that that's, that's wonderful. And you, you said, you know, you had a great piece of advice there where fight for your business. Um, if you had sort of a piece of advice for someone who's maybe just starting out their business, um, what would that be? Oh, that's a great question as well. I, I would say just if anything, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's to be prepared for anything. And, you know, who could have predicted that this would have happened, you know, for all over the world, really, um, you know, every business is affected all over the world and just being prepared for, for anything and to be able to think quickly and to make these decisions. So just being always having in the back of your mind that anything can happen you just have to be able to make these quick decisions and be prepared to make those decisions. Um, if the, if the situation arises and you need to, uh, troubleshoot really quickly. So that would be my biggest, that's what I've learned from this pandemic is, um, you know, when I opened up in 20, in September, 2019, I, I never, my quick thinking skills weren't really the sharpest, to be honest, because I've never, no one's ever been in this situation before. So this is definitely something I've, um, I've, I've grown from, from the situation is, is, uh, in my quick thinking skills. <laughs> yes, definitely. I, th- I think a lot of people can relate to that through this time, especially, and, um, you know, going forward that, you know, you're going to have to sort of go, go with what comes at you and pivot when you can. So I, I think that's a great piece of advice for any business owner going in or even nowadays. Um, and where can people go to find your business as well as find your book once it is out? Yeah. So, uh, Featherstone, you can visit our website. It's www.featherstonecompany.com. And we're also on social media. So Featherstone Music and Performing Arts Company on Facebook and Instagram is Featherstone Company. And I also have some author socials as well. So, uh, Facebook is Ava Drosky author and Instagram is ava.drosky.author. And I also have a website as well, www.avadrosky.com. It's just got everything book related. Uh, upcoming events and things like that and dates with publishing and where you can find the book. The book will be, well, is available on, uh, on Amazon for order. You can order the paperback and you can also order the Kindle version as well. Thanks for listening to made it happen podcast, the podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs. Make sure you subscribe to the channel, leave a review, and I'll see you next week.